my top five podcasters, Chris, 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 Chris Lambert, and probably myself, but this ain't about that. The mundane festival is where you at. If you've been tapped in, you know what's up. If you're a first-timer, hey, welcome to the club. The cost of admission is simply a subscription. Then rating and reviewing it wherever you listen. Don't worry about change-ups. The cast won't break up. Even with that million-dollar contract, show up a stand-up guy who's a stand-up comedian with a stance on everything from food to media. So welcome to the show. Please take your seat. Let's find out what he's got in store this week. Who, me? I'm Don. Will you open the act? Thanks for coming out. Please clap. The Mundane Festival with your host, Chris Lambert. everybody welcome back to another edition of the mundane festival podcast i'm your host christopher lamberth recording this episode for friday april 7th 2023 remember as always you can subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listening apparatus if you're really into this thing go over to apple Podcasts, spotify wherever you listen give this show a five-star review let everybody know why you like it because it's simply the right thing to do and if you would like to take your love and appreciation of this show to an even deeper level, go over to patreon.com slash mundane festival and subscribe three bucks a month for hours and hours and hours of bonus content. This is episode 639, I think. And I'm not alone. I have a super special return guest that you know and love. He's got a new album called Upstate Understandings. It's uh, an hour of comedy that's very funny. You know him. You love him. Everybody, here's Jim Search. How are you, sir? Hey, hey I'm good, Chris. I'm good. How you doing, man? I'm man, right. I, am, I am maintaining and trying to elevate, as mm -hmm. always. That sounded very uh, Oprah Super Soul Sunday of you to maintain and elevate. Okay. I think I got that from a rapper, but I'll take that, too. That's mm. that's positive. That's I'll I'll take it, man. You know, well, good. I'm glad to hear you are in good spirits. Uh, I'm you know I'm look I'm feeling good, man. Look, I got a uh, the albums coming out uh, the seventh. Uh, you know, it's been eight months in the making, so it's like all that work is now about to be uh crystallized and it's gonna be dope um, so I'm, I'm feeling good about it it's very good man i i because you know a lot of times you don't get to see your friends or hear your friends do long sets so mm -hmm. we, especially in new york you're kind of just hearing them do something at a you know maybe a seven to 15 minute clip and right. uh it was good to kind of see you hear you in your element where did you record this one uh, I recorded this over at Fulton Grand uh, in Brooklyn. Is that so, still around? You know what? It it was it wasn't, and now it's back. Okay. Um, actually, it just reopened um, today. I think. Oh wow! Okay. So, so we're we're recording this on March thirtieth. By the time you all hear this, the album Upstate Understandings available on Bandcamp and should be wherever you listen or is it just Bandcamp exclusively? It's going it's exclusively through Bandcamp and then you can get the physical copies 
through Bandcamp as well. So oh shit! So you're doing the you're doing still doing better than uh, the artist formerly known as Most Def and Talib Kweli. You're not putting it on <laughs> Luminary. You're not making anybody subscribe to. Okay, that's good. No. Good, on, good on you, Jim. Good on you. You know, I uh, well, it's yeah. I wanted it to be uh, something a where like. I would be able to see a profit off of it. And right. was the most friendly way of going about that. You know what I'm saying? Like they say, like, I'd much, I'd much rather learn from other people's mistakes and learn from my own mistakes. Like sure. I'd like to, I'll, I'll watch people go do record deals uh, for comedy albums and then not get paid off of it. And mm-hmm. then just like, Oh, maybe I should just do this myself. And then, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I hear that's you. why it's that's why it's on Bandcamp exclusively. That's good. That's good. That's a good way to get it. So, how long did it take you to to prep for this? You you recorded it. What you said eight months ago? Yes, I okay. recorded about well July right of last year. So I'm that's assuming. a good turnaround. That's not a bad turnaround at all. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I the the bulk of that was getting the physical copies, right? Mm-hmm. Like because. You know, I had to go through a company that was like, I think they're in like Singapore, maybe. Oh, wow. And like, you know, to do because I have vinyl, CD and cassette um, okay. and, and like vinyl. If you do like an express like cut of vinyl, it takes like three months, I think, um, to, to get that done. So like a bulk of it was. Uh, of, was waiting on that. You know what I'm saying? So like, you know, between like recording and life and all the, you know, the other, all the other shit that goes on uh, outside of it. Um, yeah, it was, uh, but it was a real, you know, like labor of love of like trying to get everything lined up to make it happen. We'll talk about the process prior, like the, uh, okay. not the, pre- the getting the jokes ready and working the jokes and and everything sure. you did for that like what would start at the you know the the kernel that said i'm going to record an album all right start it was there. A dark it was a dark and stormy night okay uh, it was not a mouse was scary i'm just fucking with you. um no so to go back to like the uh kind of the genesis of it all um was 3 years ago I had every plan and intention of recording an album back then. And then COVID struck and I was Mm. like, well, not going to do that in a public space. So kind of went on the shelf. um, And then after, you know, once the world kind of reopened a little bit, I had like uh, I had a half hour ready to go. Like I'd been put together a half hour and everything. And then I said, okay, I have the jokes, but I need like a concept, right? Like, what is what do I want my first album to say? And then that, and it hit me uh, to call it Upstate Understandings. And the kind of backdrop of it is like, this album is a part of my life that's really focused around like how I look at the world through an upstate lens. Like I grew up in Binghamton. It's a very different place. And, you know, upstate is its own little world. And you kind of filter how you see the world through how you grew up. And that's the whole idea behind it. And so, like, you know, the beginning, the beginning part of the album is really dedicated to that of how, like, you know, for example, 
uh, and this is this is make the album necessarily, but I can remember one point in my life where uh, I was working at the school, and uh, I went to like their high school basketball game, and the school their their team lost. And my initial thought, I looked over at someone, I was like, "So when does this school beat up the other school because they lost?" <laughs> and they're like, "Well, we don't do that here." I'm like, "Oh, sorry, yeah, that's kind of how my hometown does it." So like that upstate understanding of how, oh, I guess that's not how the rest of the world works. Interesting. Uh, um, so I kind of use that like as the beginning part of it to be the framework and then kind of uh, it moves into my life in Brooklyn and how I really uh, brought a lot of that mindset into living in New York City. Is it that much different? Is it, I mean, it's there, I'm, it is a difference, but is it like, is it vastly different or is it just more space? Is it just more like different than what New York? Yeah. New York city. Uh, y- yes. Um, yeah. I think it's, it's, di- it is different. It's a, it's a different energy. It's a different speed. Like, I mean, obviously New York is fast paced comparatively to everywhere else, but like, sure. You know, life is pretty uh, life moves at its own pace in Binghamton. Like it's not you're not uh, it wouldn't be crazy to like be in line at like a CVS and the person ahead of you be in a 10 minute conversation with the person behind the counter. Oh, okay, (laughs) like that. And, you know, so just using that as like an anecdotal uh, example how different life is in Binghamton and you know look it's a smaller city like you know you're gonna like have gone to high school with the mailman or like you know what I mean like everybody knows everybody but like it does have its own kind of I want to say like uh unique charm I feel like charm's a, a interesting word to use um Rod Serling the creator of the Twilight Zone is from Binghamton So to give you an idea of how just strange the city is. Because I'm thinking like it kind of had you battle tested for Manhattan, for Manhattan, like NYC as a whole. It doesn't it didn't seem like you ever. I mean, everybody has their struggles and we have our things that we have to deal with. And but it never seemed like it ate you alive. You know what I mean? No, you feel battle tested coming from where you come from. I would say so. I mean, that's the thing is, is like, I think when people hear Binghamton, they're like, oh, it's Mayberry. Like, you know, you put your pies on your windowsill and like, let them cool. It's like, yeah, it's still a city. Like, Right. right. You know, there was some, you know, there was some definite like as you were saying, battle testing moments of growing up in Binghamton, like certainly saw my fair share of shit growing up there. Like I didn't come to, I didn't like show up in New York city and be like, Oh man, what, what do I do here in this big old city? Yeah. Right. Someone give me directions to the empire state building. Like, yeah, that wasn't the fucking energy. Like I knew where the hell I was. Because always I've, I've, thought about this and this has kind of been a theme from the early days of the podcast where and maybe you can speak on this the city 
New York City, in a lot of ways, if you're not from here, and I guess maybe somebody who's from from the city would know, but to me, as somebody who's not from New York City, it mm. sort of shapes you into who you are going to be if you decide to be an inhabitant, whether it whether it's like you're, you're looking for work, you're you're trying to especially if you're trying to be an artist. And I and I kind of we kind of come at from that standpoint because that's who we are. But I kind of felt like, OK, I'm I am. I'm an actor and I'm mm-hmm. coming to New York. I have my master's degree. I'm going to prepare myself. I got a day job, but I, my goal is to be an actor. And then New York kind of, after two years of being in in the city, it sort of whittled me to like, say, Oh, you know how you used to want to be a comedian, but you never tried it. And we're going to kind of chisel away at you. To be like, oh, I'm a, I'm a, oh, I'm a comedian. That's who I want to be. Yeah, I want to act, and I'm still doing that. But that's that's what happened to me. You know what I mean? So I, can, how how did that how did that work for you? What what I, were your intentions like when you first moved here? So yeah, that's a that's a really great perspective. Um, you know, to answer that, like, so when I moved to New York, like I was I was living in Binghamton. And, you know, this was like my mid 20s, I want to say. And, you know, I was I was doing some pretty uh, recklessy shit in Binghamton. And I like kind of had that moment of just like, okay, so if I stay in Binghamton, you know, uh, it's going to either be like a dead end job or like, you know, not like I'm not painting a picture of like, oh, it was in the street. Um, but it's like, yeah, I just I didn't really see a big future for myself, like right. staying in Binghamton, you know, like I had and not don't get me wrong, like there is something to staying there and like life is pretty easy. I just knew that I I wanted something more. I didn't yeah. know what that was, but I knew that I wanted something more. And so then I moved to New York um, and then I, I was crashing uh, my sister's place and then I just found a job, like I just got like some bullshit job or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, comedy just kind of happened, like comedy just kind of happened. Like I was like, I don't really know like what I want to do with like my, like a job. Like I didn't know what right. the big job, like the day job was going to be, but I was like, you know what? I am in the city of standup. Like right. this is like, it, you know, you look at everybody's fucking story. It's like this is the testing ground and this is where you can do it. And so I feel like I remember I had that moment where I was like, I was 29. I wasn't married. I didn't have any kids. I was like, so this is it. Like uh-huh. nothing hold you back. Go fucking figure out what an open mic looks like. Oh, you started and- at 29 also. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Me too. I'm, I'm yeah. a couple years older than you, but like, that's when I started. Yeah. It was, it was sort of that, that thing where, I had tried to, I did that level, people who listen to the show for a long time know, but I did that level one at UCB and it was fun, but it was like, huh? First stand up? No, 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 no. Level one improv. Oh, okay. And it was fun, but I was like, I don't know that I want to keep spending 400 bucks uh, to (laughs) to do this. I already have a master's degree in acting and and it's fun, but I just rather try something else and maybe I should try stand up. But like, 
And that's kind of what got me. And and then hanging around with guys who necessarily weren't necessarily my friends, not bad guys, but those are the people that I kind of linked up with when I first moved here, like friends of friends and some mm-hmm. a couple people from work. And a lot of them didn't have as many responsibilities as I had. And they had, you know, um, what would you say? They were a, a little more well to do than than yep. myself. And they'd be partying like they were on in the cast of entourage and I, was like, <laughs> I can't do this i can't do this every week right. I can, and so i remember getting out of a cab and going to the now defunct comics and okay. figuring out how to sign up for an open mic and 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 then never look back gotcha yeah you know that's uh yeah comics was a little bit before my time i think i started probably uh, a couple years i started oh nine yeah, I was gonna say I was probably like class of uh 2012, 2013, maybe. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I think that was when I when I jumped off the porch, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a it's off. a fascinating thing, man. When you when you look back and you like you start like not knowing what the fuck you want to do, and then years later, comedy album, like you're an artist, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, look. And it's it's good. And you you know what I mean? So it's like you have to kind of pat yourself on the back with that, man. Cuz it oh, is yeah. really it's it's really good. It's it's like, oh, this is Jim. You know what I mean? Like well, it's yeah. It's you know, it's interesting you say that because there's been two kind of like flashpoint moments uh, in my career. Like the first moment like there's like there's two moments I'm thinking of and it's like one moment was I was working at this job and I was in the in education. And I remember um, I was I'd been there for a few years and my boss at the time was like it was the expectation was is like you're going to go to grad school and you're going to become like a teacher. Like that was kind of the trajectory of the job I had. Right. Like because uh-huh. it was like an entry level sort of deal, like you get your feet wet and then it's like, oh, go to school. Well, I didn't do that. I was like, just, I was like, this is great. I'll just keep this as my job. Well, I started doing stand up um, during that time. And then I remember I had a meeting with my then boss, and my boss was like, all right, so what's the deal? Like, you have to go back to school. Like, what is your plan? Because you can't do this job for the rest of your life. And I looked at it and I said, well, I'm going to be a comedian. And I remember it was like jumping out of a plane. And I was like, oh, my God, I just said that out loud. This is what I do now. And it became real. You say it out loud. I'm like one of those speak it into existence motherfuckers. Uh And so she looked at me. I looked at her and we kind of had that moment of like, yep, that's what you're doing. And I didn't look back either. Like I just I hit every open mic I could. I was out five nights a week trying to figure out how to fucking be funny. Right. And then, you know, the second moment came when I made this my job. Like, this is how I live now. (laughs) I live off the earnings of comedy. And it's a very jumping out of a plane moment, a little Mm -hmm. bit more high stakes than what I the first moment. But yeah, definitely had that same energy of like, oh, shit. Now this is real. So, you know, that's why I say go buy that album. Buy it. <laughs> you got, and if you buy one, you can buy another one. Just remember that <laughs> you you can always buy more than one copy of the album. 
just letting you know. I don't know how much you want to get into this. How how are you doing otherwise, man? I mean, I like just with with the stuff you I'll let you take it to wherever you want to take it, but just, sure, yeah, just in, not, but we get real on this pod and you know that you've been on a few times. So yeah. how how is how is how are you mentally? Yeah. Uh mentally, you know what? I'm I'm actually good. Um, you know, I definitely was in a rougher pot rougher patch. Uh, I would say a few months back, um, mm-hmm. you know, at the, I will say like not getting full into it. I'll give you, 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 the listeners, uh, the, the land. I know, home. but as much as you want to share, cause maybe it could bring somebody else out. I mean, just looking, I'm just go, just go ahead. I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I just wanted to, you know, for all the Lambert holics out there, um, <laughs> oh I'm calling them the flock. I don't care, man. I'm calling them the flock of lambs. Uh, so yeah, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just get into it. Um, so, you know, my, my sister passed away in October and then my mother passed away in December. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's three months apart. Um, and yeah, it was probably one of the hardest things I've ever experienced in my life. And, you know, you have those moments where it's like, so the two people that I've known the longest in my entire life, my sister and my mother, they're not alive anymore. Better or worse, you know, whatever uh, dynamics you have with uh, your family, because obviously that's very difficult. It can be complicated. Right. Well, those people aren't here anymore, right? And, you know, obviously uh, you process a lot. You know, you really have to figure out um where where you are and put things in perspective you know what i'm saying so like i definitely spent a few months in a pretty hard place of like figuring out what's what's important what's not right now what i can say is um i definitely and this was just recently man um i had like this man we're gonna do some real like oprah uh Oprah on the couch conversation right now, man, get ready, get ready flock. Um, so, um, this was early March, right? Um, I thought about this moment I had midway. I, I want to say I was like year five in my career comedy wise. I had like a vision. I had like a premonition. I had something right. And basically the main, the main takeaway was, I see that you're working hard. You're doing all the things that you need to do. If you stop drinking as hard as you are, this will get a lot easier for you. And by that, I mean like things will, you'll, you're, you'll start to see things happening for yourself. And I said like, well, that's bullshit. Like, you know, just a thought in my head and I didn't pay it any mind. Well, March 5th, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's see what it looks like. So stopped drinking as hard as I did. And I really essentially got out of my own way. And I've never felt better. My head's a lot clearer. A lot there's I don't want to uh, speak on all the opportunities I, uh, that are coming my way right now. But like shit's knock on wood, shit's looking up like hmm. things are going in the direction that I want them to go. And you know what? You, it, it, you have that moment where you go, all right, universe, was this what the whole time? Let's just 
get out of your own way and just, you know, make room for positive shit to happen to you. And I made me a believer. So good. I, to answer your question, like I'm feeling pretty good about my life right now. And I'm feeling pretty good about this is, this is my job now. Like comedy and entertainment that's now become how I keep the lights on. So showbiz gym. What's that? Showbiz gym. Hey, baby, be famous. Ah, that's right. That's good, should, man. So yeah, um, it feels good. Um, and not waking up without a hangover is pretty rad. Um, I didn't know you drank like that. Well, all right. Yeah, I feel like that's a I I'm not saying that I like I made that sound like I was like, oh, I couldn't function without a drink. No, but I know what you mean. But if you think there's a problem, then there there might be. But I, I didn't know. But then uh, I'm not hanging out with you all the time. So. I'll, well, I'll say this. Like, it wasn't I, I it, it's not like a problem in that, like, I have to drink. Right. Like, right. That's I, I, I would not say that. that's not how that works. What I would say, though, is like it was in the way of what I wanted. Right. Like the level that I was drinking at was in the way of just being able to be fully focused, like right. Like I knocked out like four or five bits in a writing session, like two days ago. And I was like, I've never had all these premises just show up like they have. So, you know, it's, that's what I mean by like uh, it being in the way of what I wanted. And it's like, I went, look, I was talking to a friend of mine about it um, a couple days ago and she's uh, she doesn't drink or anything like that anymore. And it's like, would you trade, would you want to trade like a night, a temporary night of like having fun, getting drunk da, 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 to set you back from what it is that you ultimately want? Do you want to trade that? I don't. So. Don't drink, guys. Yeah, don't drink. This got super deep and super. Uh, uh, this sounds like this really does sound like a PSA to not drink. And I don't want to say that because like, look, if you come to the album release April, April 7th at Beerwax from six to eight, um, I will probably have a celebratory beer. Might even yeah. have to. Sure. You know, so I wouldn't sit here and say, don't fucking drink. Get shit, man. Have have a beer. Yeah. Most of, I like I like a celebratory drink and social drinking every now and then. But I think the thing for me was I realized, I mean, like living in Chicago, that's definitely a drinking town and doing theater and stuff. You you go you go to the bar and drink and stuff. I didn't really get trashed like that because right. i had al- have alcoholism on both sides of the family so i didn't really drink that much but then you and then like starting to do comedy i have to drive because i lived in jersey so i would be right driving back so i'm not getting caught up to, uh driving and shit and being drunk but the the mm-hmm. times that like so i would just had to think about that so i'd give away all my drink tickets for the most part and uh but every now and then at home it's nice to crack open an adult beverage i must say and watching 
art house film. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> not gonna lie. Full, but, uh, full transparency. Yeah. Huh? I said full transparency. Definitely, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, but not all the time. But yeah, I can see where you know everybody has their shit. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Minor cheeseburgers. Mm. So I'm just like whittling that down. I'm back in the gym. I started this week, so I'm just going to try to focus on myself again <laughs> and try to figure this shit out. Just try to get, you know, just try to get in better shape and, and healthy. But we all have our shit, man. So it's good yeah. that you're attacking it. It's good that you're you're doing your thing. So let's talk about this. So the album, everybody just fucking, what are you doing? Go get Upstate Understandings by Jim Search exclusively on Bandcamp physical digital uh physical in like what two ways cassette and 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 uh, vinyl album vinyl. You vinyl you got cd you got, you got cassettes. um you got t-shirts i made i, I pressed up t-shirts uh okay. with the album covers on them um i'm telling you i went all the way with it man um there's even i even did a limited run check this out i did a limited run set list from the album that I mm-hmm. use to yeah, obviously you get ready for it. Um, and if you're like a big comedy, if you're a big comedy nerd, then like this is for you because like on the set list, it has kind of the uh mnemonic devices that I use to memorize the set. Okay. So the set list that I that you can buy, those jokes um are like the original titles of the uh of the album or like oh. of the jokes of the album. One other thing I wanted to give you props about before we t- switch gears a little bit. I love the musical intros. I love the music. That's fucking dope. It, it's so good that it's like somebody should be rapping to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, you know, again, like I'm a product of the 90s and I'm a product of 90s hip hop. Uh, yeah. So uh, it really I had to do something like that. And I do want to shout out my man, Regal Monk. Uh, he's a producer. Uh, he's the guy who made that beat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he's an incredible producer. Uh, so go buy and support him. Uh, buy all his tracks and support him. Is he an um, NYC guy or is he? Yeah. Okay. Yep. He's actually, um, he's from Brooklyn. Um, he was on Swatches and Boomboxes. Uh, okay. Shout out to the homie Neil Charles. Um, it's yes, uh, Neil's friend. Uh, that's how I got. I linked up with him through uh, through Neil. Oh, great. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I love I love that. I love that Thank a lot. Was the, a lot. Was the... Was the um, I'll pull up the track. I was gonna let's see. Um, the track, the like, on I don't want to spoil anything. The outro mm-hmm. with the with the voicemail is that based on that bit? Is that based on a bit? Yeah, oh, yeah, that was yeah. it. All right, <laughs> hey, your, Jimmy, it's your buddy, one hey, of your uh, white friends. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it is like. So, and you know, well, it's, I'm, I'm, it ain't spoiling it necessarily, but like if you get, so if you get the uh, CD, um, if you get the uh, CD of the album, uh, at the end of it, you have bonus content and you have the voicemail that inspired the joke about uh, how in 2020, <laughs> I got phone calls about uh, coronavirus and George Floyd and, uh, and just yeah, uh, let me know what I can do later. Yeah, <laughs> that's so good. 
you know, while and I looked that and you you heard the voicemail. That yeah. was it. It was like, man, such heavy times. Yeah, talk to you later. He tried. Did you call him back? Hell no. Okay. Man, this is at the height of this is at the height of civil unrest. I'm not talking to that motherfucker. I know we talked about friends like that. Um mm-hmm. prior to, I remember we have us having a conversation about that. Um so shifting gears, uh the last time I saw you, we were at a Sky Zoo concert at Mercury Lounge. Where? That's that right, was, man. That was fucking amazing, man. It's I loved it. It incredible. Oh, uh, he uh, shout out to Sky, man. Um, he uh, he has the re- his most recent project, uh, Mind of a Saint. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wrote it from if you are a Snowfall fan out there. Uh, this album is written entirely from the perspective of Franklin Saint. And it's it's so fucking good. Yeah, I think he's at the top of his game. It might. it. Uh... I still think maybe it's recency bias, but I really did love all the brilliant things, but it just still seems to me like he just keeps getting better and better with every project. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's, I think it's amazing. It just, even just the flow that man, it's, it's so good. Um, and he was at the little brother concert too. He opened, I guess, which I, oh, nice. I missed. I I I didn't know I was gonna be in town, and then the tickets sold out, and I was like, I'm not cool enough. I don't have uh, enough stature to get in, so I was just like, well, fuck it, I missed it. So right. be it, man. They're gonna be at uh, little brother's gonna be at the roots picnic, but I don't know that I want to pay two hundred bucks to to go yeah. to an outside show. That's uh, you could just sit outside the gate. <laughs> yeah, I don't, if hopefully they'll do something else. Hopefully they'll they'll come around. But I was bummed out that I missed it because I do I do love Brooklyn Bowl. I'm yeah, temp- it's a, a great venue. I'm tempted to uh, if it doesn't sell out, it'd be nice to see Black Star. Mm. But they want so much money; they want like a hundred, close to a hundred bucks. Right. And I think it would probably be worth it. I've paid I that think, much for Broadway seats. I, you know what? If you can get, if you know, if you got it, I yeah. say if you got it, right? Yeah. Like if you got it, but like if you got it, you know, I mean, those are Black Star is a pretty, uh, I would say, legendary group. If uh, you know you're a hip hop head, it's yeah. Because like, Yasin is in my top five, and it would be nice to see him live. I saw him. Uh, I think. I always had to be like 2003 in Chicago and Maceo was his DJ. Mm-hmm. And it was like this, this like such an ethereal moment. I really just remember more about more that Maceo was there than most. It was, it wasn't that he was bad. It was just like, it was like, wow, this is like one of my favorite artists transcendent experience. I just remember having a good time, but, and I was not drunk or high or anything, but it was just like one of those moments where it was like, wow, this is just, I was there. So well, I don't know, is, man, it would be good. Huh? 
Well, I think about even just like I kind of had that moment when uh, we were at the Sky Zoo concert of just like, yo, like this dude is so talented and yeah, him on stage and it's like a different level experience. Like, goddamn, this motherfucker really can rap. <laughs> he, he's pretty good at this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those things are inspiring because that was my first, the first concert I'd been to since. You know, we got back outside, as the the young folks say. Uh, mm-hmm. Prior to that, I was at Brooklyn Steel, and one of my friends is in this band called San Fermin. They're like a folk band. They're good, but and that was at like a huge venue where I felt like I felt like I was a uh, an undercover cop. Every time I'm in, <laughs> every time I'm. Every time I'm in Brooklyn and I go to one of those shows, I feel like I'm a co- uh, undercover cop. I have my polo hoodie on and I'm I have my comfortable shoes. Yeah, and I just feel like yeah, they, I'm I'm undercover. You ready I, to pull a little chain badge? You got yeah. Wow. The mm-hmm. first time, the first time that Sky Zoo concert was the first time I felt oh yeah, I'm with my people. Not just because they're everybody, most people were black. But it was because, like, oh yeah, these people got to go to work tomorrow too, probably. And yeah, people got gray in their beards. There's some older guys there too, you know. I uh, I was uh, I did um my hip hop trivia night over at Beerwax yeah uh, last night, and uh, I always joke about how like it's what I call Tiger Ball music, mm. where like if you if you fuck with a certain type of music, you got Tiger Ball in your cabinet. Like you're my people, you know what I mean. If you want to be that at nine o'clock, that's this is the type of music you want. You know, it's uh, it's the forty, it's the forty and up crowd, man. Yeah, I was thinking about that because I was talking to my cousin about going to shows. He was asking me, he was asking me about Irving Plaza, and he said, you know, have you ever been there? I said, no, I don't think I've seen any been seen anybody there. I know some comedian colleagues that have done shows there done specials there and uh he said is that like a hood place and i was like no and he said and he was referencing that was it who got shot over there was that the tax stone yeah Yeah, that that thing that event happened over there i was like no it's really mainly just the clientele but i haven't i've never really run into any problems at any shows and i think i went go ahead uh, I went to uh, the only time I think one of the few times I've been to Irving Plaza was um, I saw Action Bronson there. Okay. And again, this was like 2014, 15, maybe. That sounds right. So, but yeah, and everything, it was fine. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I never ran into any problems at all. Like, it just a lot of shows that I've been to in New York City. And then the artists that I've, follow or would go to see aren't really crazy like that but then you do have weird fans that you know try to cut you off like i remember going to see toro y moi at terminal five and this it was a dude that was acting like an idiot but i was just like dude we're at a we're at a toro y moi concert <laughs> we're a chill wave and you know it, it's not the type of place to get in the fight it's well just- that's that's the thing about people who want to fight, Chris, is yeah. they do it at a Tori Amos concert if you really want it. 
<laughs> I was like, I because I was mad at him because I wanted to, I kind of wanted to fight him at that show. <laughs> Just because he was being I'll, a douche. I'm like, why am I angry at this guy? I'll be I honest with you. Go ahead. I don't know if I could envision you in a physical altercation. I've had not, so. that, not, not in not adulthood that, though. Yeah. I, I mean, I just, I, I just, cause you're so, you're like, you're a chilled cat. Like I, I am so much. It would take a lot to get you there. Yeah. No one's ever gotten you there. Yeah. I think I head. just, I think that I just wrote a bit about it. Then it was a, it was, it was really dark, but yeah, that was, uh, I remember terminal five and I was talking to him about, you know, going to these shows and getting older, you have to wear good shoes. Good, mm. good comfortable shoes to yep. those. yeah that's you the know, thing listen you know uh comfort is a luxury yeah i think i'm gonna try to i would try to see some try to go to a few more this year uh but that was i needed that show i needed that sky zoo show what are you great. what are you listening to what are you what are you enjoying now anything um, new any yeah, I was gonna say, um, what am I listening to that's like new as in like or just uh, in general? What do you like? Oh man. Um, well, um, I'm listening to uh this dude uh out of the out of the West Coast, Jay Worthy. Jay um, Worthy. Yeah, he's fucking great, man. Um he's like West Coast, he's laid back pimp shit. Like it's, you know, you, you definitely hear like, uh, the inspirations of like sugar free, uh, in, in his rhyme, uh, he's great. Like in the beats are fucking on point. Um, so I'm fucking with that, fucking with that. Um, you know, is it's funny. From, is he from Canada? Is this him? Let me just, I'm sure I'm just... Yep. Okay. Yeah. He was born in Vancouver and then moved to Compton. Wow. At a younger age. Um, I'm not sure how old he was when he moved. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's great, man. Like, definitely go check him out. He was just over at Elsewhere, um, the venue with. Uh, how is that place? It's pretty dope. Um, yeah. I went there. I saw Rock Marciano and Alchemist um, do um, Elfin Man's Bones that their most recent project um i think i'm fucking up the name okay um, but, um i saw them uh i saw them there in october and it was a great great show a dope mm-hmm. show uh the venue's pretty rad um they have this thing and it, i don't know i'm not like i don't go to a lot of live music like a lot a lot but um that is thing where like you go to a kiosk you put in your credit card and then it gives you a wristband hmm. and then you just use the wristband to pay for shit when you get in the venue. So you're not taking out your card. I was like, this is new. Hmm. Um, so like that was uh, like, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say that was the highlight of the show because rock and alchemist are fucking great. <laughs> I feel like if that was my takeaway was a new method of payment, um, I might've missed the point of the night. Um, but yeah, it was, um, it was a great show. Um, uh, Lord mob open forum, uh, which is pretty dope. Uh, my man G four Jag was on stage. 
Uh, so shout out to him. Uh, but yeah, um, that venue is pretty rad. Um, and anyway, yeah, Jay Worthy and Rock Marciano were there last, I want to say earlier this month. Oh, okay. I have to check him out. Yeah, give him a give uh give him a listen to. Uh he's pretty dope. Um what else? Oh, you know what I was listening to and I did it because I started uh I'm doing like a uh I write for this uh website Dead Talk. Okay. Um, I did a review. I did a uh movie review of Juice. I wrote a review of it. Okay. Which like <clears throat> for the record I think Juice is certainly in the conversation of it being a horror movie. Uh, because, I can see, yeah. You know, uh, our uh, the late Tupac Shakur, uh, Bishop, his character Bishop, definitely goes off the uh, sociopathic deep end. Um, but reason I say that is I was I went back and listened to the soundtrack, and the soundtrack is fucking amazing. Uh huh. Amazing soundtrack. Uh, Eric B. Rakim is on there. Um, uh, Cypress Hills on there. Uh, yeah, it's absolutely fucking great. It is a horror. It's is is it listed as a horror movie? No, I'm just saying it is. When you think, oh yes, after yes. Uh, my girl said it's a psychological thriller. That too, yeah. I wouldn't be that's that's a good I'd say that's a good assessment too. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like uh Roland. I didn't know his first name was Roland. Uh Roland Bishop. Um Yeah, because he just was just Bishop. He was just Bishop, right? Yeah. Um he um he definitely is murdering his friends. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely is murdering his friends. He sure I mean is. he doubt he he does murder his oh, enemies. Fuck about you. Fuck about Raheem. Fuck about myself. I don't even fuck about myself. I think if he'd stayed alive, he'd probably have at least one Oscar. I think so. I, I always thought. Oh, I Siri. I didn't talk. I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> it's not about you right now, Siri. I would. I would say that. Uh, yeah. I. I felt like he was a better actor than he was a rapper. Yeah, you know, at the risk I'm not gonna of- shit like not, I'm not saying he's a bad rapper. Nobody come at me because I had his I liked him before it was cool to like him. Before mm. he di- before he died, I had his albums. Um yeah, it's and you know, yeah, don't don't at me. I don't want any smoke uh from the uh Tupac community. Um and I respect you have to respect him. Like uh-huh. to respect his uh, body of work, and yeah. you know, I mean, he was a prolific artist. Like, you know, if you like legend, as the legend says, I'm like, he was in the studio, like he uh-huh. was fucking working. Yeah, um, I I think for me, like you know, and not like <laughs> this ain't no East Coast West Coast uh, shit. Uh, I, I remember just in that era, like I was so much, my head was so much in the space of like East coast hip hop. Mm. Yeah. I was th- thinking about that. Like I, I was thinking about um, like De La Soul, their music getting, you know, finally put on streaming platforms and the music that I was listening to junior high 
it kind of, when I was able to to buy music, it would right. be it would be like I was more I was more of an R and B dude anyway. Mm-hmm. When I had all those soundtracks, and then it then Snoop came out. When did when did was Doggy Style ninety two or ninety three? I want to say it was ninety three. Yeah, Snoop. Because he to, to for me, he was my gateway into all of the West Coast stuff. Because most right. people would say it would, you know, it would, it would be the Chronic, but yeah, but like the Chronic is great, but it was Doggy Style that that got me into the West Coast stuff, and then I, I just like spawned off until all the other people that were affiliated with him, you know, Daz and Corrupt, Nate Dog, and. Yeah. You know, Warren G, all that stuff. And then it would just extend to like a man, like uh, Spice One, because, you know, like that Menace to Society soundtrack, all those yeah. guys. And then, but the base for hip hop was always a tribe called Quest. Mm. So then when I, when I got to high school, there were kids that were like, oh, I can, I could connect with them because. They all we all like tribe. So that was right. the base. So when I got to high school, it was like, you need to check out Method Man. You need to you need to be on Keith Murray and and right. those guys and Mob Deep. And then that, so that's kind of when I started getting into more more of the the hardcore. I wouldn't even say it was hard. I guess can they were considered hardcore compared to Tribe Called Quest. Like woo and and so I would be kind of like and then when I got to college where I was like oh, okay I didn't know about the roots but then I was fell in love with the roots back then when I was like nineteen right going going back to like going to that and then most deaf and Tyler Qu- so that that was kind of my thing so Snoop when you really think about it it Snoop was like. I, he 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 was the shit, you know, obviously, but like I think he yeah, kinda, what is it? He went uh what is it, eleven million copies worldwide? Wow. Uh, by twenty fifteen. So that's probably more now. Yeah. Um amazing. Yeah, he uh and also I mean like what a like Snoop is such a one of one in yes. terms of like, a career trajectory. Like he's selling corona. Mm-hmm. He's in Corona commercials to this day. Like he is such a media darling, man. Kicking it with Martha Stewart, about to go to jail for life and shit when he was young. And yeah. then and then like to fast forward 30 years later, he's there's I'm scrolling through Instagram and uh Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones is like backstage giddy. It just, just, I don't follow her or it just came up in my feed. I was like, of course she loves Snoop, you know? And she was like backstage, like, oh my God, Snoop. And he's like, you know, I'm a fan of your show, right? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, cuz. Yeah. So it was, it's, it's pretty cool to see the, the transitions that he, that he's made and he's still with us. He's still relevant. He's still being himself. He's not trying to be like, Hey kids like me. You know, he's yeah, still he's still like, around. He I mean, he's such a charming, charismatic dude, man. Like yeah. it is very hard to not like him. Like it's really hard. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, and there's like, there's that meme that's just like, it's a picture of him and Martha Stewart. And it's like, yeah. which one of these two is a felon? <laughs> not, not the one you think. Not the one you think. No. Uh, well, what, what, you know, what are you excited about? I know I texted you uh, last night uh, a snippet from uh, Talib Kweli and Mad Libs. I think it was like a Hot 97 interview. No, it was uh, what was uh, it? Rosenberg. Not Talib. It was uh, Peter Rosenberg. Rosenberg. Okay, so they so Mad Lib and your old Droog. Yes, my new favorite rapper. One of my new favorites. I wow. saw him. I saw him in concert over the summer. I think you told me that. Yeah, he puts on a great live show. I would he go see that. him the next time if when he comes when he's doing something. Shit, I'll go. Let, let's go. Let's go see Yod. Yeah, he's fucking great. He's great, he's, man. He's he's he's, he's kind of got like that that like prolific MF Doom. I don't know. Yeah, it's his, I think he kind of reminds me of Doom. Yeah, there's um shit. He did like a cover of Doom uh when I was uh when I saw him at the show. Okay. I forgot what the, forgot what the song was, but he did yeah. Doom. Um but yeah, he's yeah, I'm I really enjoy his music and we talked about it. Uh we talked about his uh his music uh yeah. off the show here, but like you know, there is something there is like conceptual albums, right? Mm-hmm. Like you get to know who he is as a person and you yeah, you get like that level of uh authenticity, right? Right. Like I feel like he puts and not to say that there aren't rappers who don't, but like you see, I see like how much thought and care that he puts into what he does. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just, I really, and I'm also like a punchline. I really enjoy punchlines, man. Like, and he's got them for days. My favorite is that right now is, is that it's not called, what is it? It's not the tonight show. What is that album called? Yacht and Yacht Yachty Dangerfield. Yachty Dangerfield. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's a, I really like that record. Oh, it's great. And, you know, it's like you can tell. And again, we've said this before, but like you can tell he's like a fan of stand up. Yes. Really knows his stand up. I mean, Jesselnik was opening on for his him. album. Yeah. yeah album too. I think that's the scariest gig to do as a comic. Uh, open for a rapper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've hosted, um, I've hosted some hip hop shows. So it's like, you know, I'm not necessarily, you're not necessarily doing a set per se, but like you definitely have to come at it from a different energy because it ain't, you ain't doing set up punches. You're not like, so I bought a computer yesterday. (laughs) Yeah. They're not, they are really not there to see you. Nah, unless man. unless the artist is hey guys you know before we come on i got a good friend of mine yeah uh, he's really funny jim search give this guy some love you know what i'm saying like if they brought sure. you up like that then i'd it would be i'd be okay but yeah it just it just depends but I, that is scary and i wouldn't i i don't think i would not if i was offered it i probably would do it but i, I would i would be I would be fearful, but I would still. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I've done it again. I've done it a few times. Um, I hosted a CMJ called Music Jam. Oh, really? Yep. 
I did that in 2000, early in my career, early. So like 2013, maybe I was maybe. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, man. I definitely like, it's funny. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, you don't know your, you don't know your mortality. Like, and you're just young. Like I was just young and I just didn't know any better. Sure. Like, you know, I was like, Oh, time to do comedy. Great. Hosting. Great. Um, and I just went in and, you know, it was, it was, it, I, I, I remember at that time it was like, um, I had to, you had to adjust your performance. Like uh-huh. I knew enough of that. I knew that I couldn't like do a set. Any like, name, big names now that people who are big names now that you worked with? Mayhem Loren. Who was that? Do you tell me about it? <laughs> he, uh, you're like big. Yeah. I mean, he's dope. First of all, I want to say that he's an incredible rapper. Um, he was he was on uh, "Fuck That's Delicious." Uh, okay, Robinson's, uh, man. Um, he was. I, uh, remember, I'm not. I'm not hip. I'm just. Right. Asking, I'm asking you. You know these people. Yes. Um, but don't just because I don't know who who it is. Right. Is it, okay. Oh, okay. This is it right here. There he is. Okay. Yeah. Don't you know him? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, uh, I've had, uh, I've had conversation with him. Uh, you know, okay. I, uh, I went to his album release, uh, at sweet chick. We have mutual friends. Um, and you know, so I know him through my mutual friends. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but yeah, but he like, it's funny because I hosted, so I hosted the CMJ and he was on it. And this was again, this was like 2013 or whatever. In a picture and, with Mad Lib, so that's yep. I have that shirt too. I have uh, seen you in that shirt. Yeah, in fact, I have a picture of me and Mayhem, and I'm wearing that shirt. So he, it's for the air for you for the for the land. Your style, son. Not at all. No, not I'm at saying. all. Uh plenty of style to go around. Um but was oh yeah um you know it's funny because when i hosted the cmj and he was on it and this was years later i was talking to the mutual and i was like ask does like does he remember me like i hosted the cmj <laughs> like yeah. and i wasn't saying it like on some flex shit i was just no like, no like does he re- like as if like a fan yeah and like yeah. also i mean like he's been around the world fucking a million times i mean how many shows has he done uh-huh. at this point he's been everywhere right and yes <laughs> he remembered like he Griffey jr follows him holy shit i'm missing out yeah listen doesn't doesn't get better than that wherever you, you were you, you're late to the dance dog the man with the sweetest swing in the world possibly ever follows. Yep. okay man all right. those mayhem mayhem loren i'm gonna check him out if you put me on this stuff i you know i'll tell you know i'll say tell you if i i like this guy jim i'll text <laughs> really you like did. wow this guy's this young this year old drew guy i mean wow impressive impressive because it takes um, a lot it takes a lot like in my old age uh you know i was talking to my cousin my same cousin he's 40 he'll be 45 uh in a couple months and I was saying, like, yeah, you know, I just kind of listen to a lot of podcasts now. 
And right. and uh, usually I'll listen to rap music on my way to do a show and I'll get hyped up and all that. Sure. And uh, even sometimes I might not do that anymore. But like, yeah, it's so anytime it's harder for this new stuff to seep in. But I'll I'll give him a try. I'll check his stuff out. Yeah, he's definitely worth it. Um, it's he's a great, uh, great MC, um, talented dude. And also, I have to say, um, I'm a big cooking guy. Like, I love to cook. Yeah. He has some of the great. Like, he has a great show called Fridge Diving. Um, Is it on and, YouTube or something? Yeah, it's on YouTube. He did like a little run of it. Um, he's a great chef. He's a great cook. Um, and he's really funny too. Like, he's got a great sense of humor. He cracks me up. He referred to an air fryer as the New Testament. Like that's oh, fucking hilarious. New Testament. Yeah, he's like, this is the New Testament, people. Whoops, don't want to get. Uh, okay, I'll yeah, check him out. Uh, uh, he just had an album with um, Derringer from Griselda. Okay. Um, uh, Derringer did production on it, um, and that's really great too. That whole album's great. Good deal. Ken Griffey Jr. follows him, and one of my favorite Instagram models follows him. So I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> definitely uh, behind. I love that. I love that. That's what that was the tipping point. Like, didn't matter how much I spoke him up. You were like, you know well, what? Well, you put me in the direction. I mean, it's like you, you said you, you, you co-signed him, and yes. then Ken Griffey Jr. and Adrian Nicole was like oh they follow him too so i know he's not lying <laughs> i know you're not lying about him no i would never uh i would never lie to you about that um he also did this uh he, he i mean he has so many different projects um he also did a and you he, it's right there at the bottom flavor in your ear mm -hmm. um, he takes like the recipes that like dishes that rappers have talked about oh. and he's made them like okay. Big Fun's lamb chops and apples and orange sauce. Fish and spaghetti, G Dep. Yep. Wow. I don't know what that I don't know what that is, that verse, huh. but he's done he's done a lot. Uh the yep, all of it. Okay. I'm gonna check I'm gonna subscribe. Yeah, I'm give it give that whole whole cakes. Yeah, I'm gonna try it. Uh, well, dude, I, I know you gotta I know you gotta get ready for your show. Um dude so this has been great as always it's always good to catch up with you and and yeah, lay, man. Down, lay down a pod is swatches and boom boxes still going on are you guys do it sporadically or is that yeah i mean we're still kind of sporadic with it i mean mm -hmm. the, the the uh the catalog is still up um if you want to go tap into that um by all means i say you should uh -huh. um, go go back and do that um, but those episodes are still there for sure Upstate understanding is out. Uh, Upstate understandings is out right now. Uh, go to Bandcamp. Um, I I guess by the time, do you have a link that's like? I'll get uh, you. So when it, when it goes live, notes? yeah, when it goes live, I'll get you the link. Okay. Uh, and then if you want to throw it in the comments or throw it in the comment section. Yeah, I'll I'll just like update the update it and um just remember to send it to me. Oh, absolutely. Yes, for sure. I will definitely yeah. hit you for that. This is this is awesome, man. Thank you so much for doing it. The album's terrific. Uh, everybody go get it. Buy it. Um, 
Yeah. So thanks everybody for listening. Thank you, Jim, for doing the show. And we'll talk to you next time. Take it easy, everybody. Peace.